What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Thread the Needle. Alex and Mass here on the night before the NBA playoffs begin. We're excited. And on this episode, we're going to be talking about uh, the NBA awards, going over the most notable awards, as well as the first round playoff preview. So stay tuned. We'll get into all of that. Guys, it's one of the most exciting times in sports. NHL playoffs just started a couple of days ago, and we have the NBA playoffs starting tomorrow. But before we jump into the NBA first round, we're going to look back at the season. And by doing that, we're going to look at our predictions for the awards coming up. Mas? Get us started. Yeah, we'll start with the MVP. The MVP, the biggest award that there is. Let's just jump right into it. Um, it's also the arguably the most debatable award that there is out there. Um, but yeah, let's just get right into it. Obviously, the two front runners are, you know, Harden and Giannis. Uh, also on the list. I mean, who who else would you put on this list? Uh, uh, honestly, at the beginning of the season, I would have put Paul George. He was having mm-hmm. a terrific first half of the season, and then obviously he slowed down towards the second half of the season. You know, Russell Westbrook. Started shooting more. He started giving. Um, he started distributing the ball less. But throughout, if I look at the season through an eighty-two game schedule, like you should do, it's obviously Giannis and Harden. Mm-hmm. Okay, but then, like that, the reason it's it's so debatable is, I guess this question always comes up: what makes like what makes a player an MVP? What what do you have to do? Like there's many different categories and many different like criteria that you have to fill for you to be considered the most valuable player. To you, what do you think that is? For me, sorry about that. For me, an MVP is um, the player. If you remove the player from that team, he makes that team um, like the team gets. It's just like shit. Okay, look, example: LeBron James left Cleveland, and they're bottom of the table. Yeah. With, with LeBron James, like they made the MVP finals, NBA finals. NBA finals, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, and they ended up winning a championship with him. So for me, I think if you remove Yanis from Milwaukee and if you remove Harden from uh, Houston, it's all, um, they'd both go down. No, there's I, no question I feel like Milwaukee is worse. Worse off than if. Harden would not be so with the Rockets. So that's why I think I would kind of give this award to Yanis on that perspective. But if you're looking at numbers, Harden went, what was it, 20 or 30 games shooting or getting 30 points a game? Well, I'll give you just some, some quick stats here. So Harden averaged 36.1 points per game, which is huge. Um, so here here's a, a bit of a, a breakdown of his game logs. He had two games of 60 points, which in itself... 60 points in a game is ridiculous. He also had seven 50-point games. Seven 50-point games. He had 19 40-point games. And he had 29 30-point games. Um, So just to kind of put that into perspective, he only finished under 20 points three times out of the 78 games that he played this season. So in my opinion, he's easily the best scorer in the league. The best pure scorer in the league is James Harden easily the hardest to guard, toughest to guard 100%. Um, but I guess getting back to the MVP uh, conversation, so I guess your your main point basically is that play, the importance to the team. So if that player isn't there, that team is yeah, exactly. how worse off they are without them. 
Um, for me, I'd, I'd put in, I'd put in that. I'd put in also, um, does that player make the hit the players around him better? I'd put that in that conversation. Uh, does he make the players around him, even though they're not superstar caliber, um, does he make those players around him better? Which, and in that case, you can put LeBron in the MVP conversation every single season. Yeah. Because LeBron makes everyone around him better. Obviously, taking away this season with the Lakers, you know, he was injured. Uh, players around him weren't exactly healthy all the time. You know, Lonzo went down. Um, so it's just to say that LeBron could be in that conversation, but this year he's not. But uh, if, okay, so if you were to use what you just said, who makes, um, does Giannis make his team better when he plays or does Harden, like who makes their team better when they play? I would put Giannis in that. I would put Giannis above Harden there only because I feel like, I don't want to say Harden doesn't make his players better. He does more of the carrying than helping his teammate. I'm not saying yes. Okay, look, he averaged 7.5 assists on the season, whereas Giannis averaged 5.9, so rounded off to six. But it's just to say, you know, like Harden took 24, 20, almost 25 shots a game average. Giannis took 17.3. I would just say, judging by looking at their two styles of play, Harden does more of the carrying. He likes to. It's not to say that that's a bad thing. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that's bad. He is. He is the most talented. Like I said, the most talented scorer in this league. So why not? But he he does more of the carrying on his back. Whereas Giannis, I feel like he can do a bit of everything. He can rebound. He can block. He can dish. He 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 can score. He he. But I feel just having his presence on the court just opens so much more. Um, like for his teammates around him, whereas Harden is more of an ISO type of, you know, teammates can just sit back and he can be like, okay, let me, let me, you know, let me try to school my defender, which he can do. Mm-hmm. So in in that perspective, I put Giannis above Harden. Also, like in Houston, you you have also Chris Paul with Harden. Which is a superstar in himself. In, in Milwaukee, I wouldn't consider Chris Middleton a superstar. He was an all-star this yeah, year, but, but I, yes, I see what you're getting at. In so terms of- you, you really just have Giannis. In Milwaukee, but in Houston, you you have Harden, you have Chris Paul. I wouldn't put Eric Gordon in the conversation. Clint of, Capella. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Clint Capella, Capella is turning into a, as a superstar star center. So they have the pieces around, and that's why, like, th- this is a hard award to give because if you're basing it on on stats, like Harden was just a beast. Like you said, scoring wise, like you said, what was it? Thirty games, scoring uh, thirty points. He actually had 29 30 point yeah. games and 19 40 point games. 19. Like But also like if you're going if you're gonna pick MVP based on stats, then like Russell Westbrook has to be in the conversation because he averaged the whole season with a triple double. Once again. So, so yeah. I, no, but that's that's exactly it. Like there's no way I think we both agree saying you can't just base it off stats. No, because then Russell Westbrook would be winning every year. Yes. Absolutely. My so and so there's obviously more factors to the most valuable player again. It's very debatable. Then you could look at how they did the team's success. I feel like that's also another big uh, factor is how well did the team do? You know, if, if you know, a player is averaging 25 points per game, but his team finished, you know, bottom half, didn't make playoffs. To me, yes, he's important, but the team's success, uh, you have to kind of look at that factor and it's hard to ignore. So I'm sure we all know the Bucks finished with the best record in the NBA. Really hard to ignore that. If you would have told me at the beginning of the season that they would have finished with the best record overall, I would have. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have shot that down right away, but I would have been skeptical to agree because 
you know, there's the Warriors there, obviously the Rockets, they got the Raptors in the East as well. Uh, but the the Bucks finished with 60 and 22, 60 wins, very impressive. Versus the Rockets, they finished with seven less wins. They finished 53 and 29. So I put that, I put the team's record, yes, into the MVP conversation. And if I had to pick, I would lean more towards Giannis just because he makes the team better. But I wouldn't be surprised if Harden wins. No, no, I, me neither. Honestly, I, I wouldn't be surprised. But I, yeah, I agree with you in saying that Giannis is my MVP. Listen, he led his team to, he led his team to, um, to the best record in in the, in the NBA. So you're That's, going with Giannis. I'm going with Giannis. Yeah, me too. There's there's no doubt about it. You look at the stats again. You look at the stats. Harden stats are gonna pop off, but you know what? Uh, Giannis is he's a freak. There's to me if if I'm taking someone to start my start a franchise, I'm taking Giannis yeah. over Harden any day of the week. It's just he's he's 24 years old. Hard to imagine he's he's still 24 years old. But again, uh, Bucks had a great season. Um, Giannis, 72 games played, so he played less games than Harden. Averaged 27 points, almost 28, 12 and a half rebounds, 5.9 assists, 1.3 steals, and 1.5 blocks. So he had the defensive stats as well. Mm-hmm. And something that's notable too, his field goal percentage was 57.8. Almost 60%. Almost 60%. A lot of people are going to say, yeah, that's all at the rim. But no, he was taking shots too. But hey, if it's all at the rim, nobody can stop him. Yeah. And you know what? That's an that's an increase of five percent off of last year. So you know what? The guys, you could even put him in the most improved, but obviously he's not in there. But yeah, I think we can agree. Giannis is uh, both our MVPs, and of course the honorable mentions in there, like you mentioned before, there's Paul George, there's uh, Steph Curry, LeBron maybe if you want to throw him in there. Obviously with the injuries. Uh, but I think it goes down to those two guys. It does, yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, it's coming down to those two. And like you said, Giannis helped the Bucks get that record of 60-22. and 22, But there's also someone else in that team that helped them get that record. And, and that's the coach. Coach of the year. Coach of the year. The, the, this award is definitely going to, yeah. if I can pronounce his name right, Mike Budenholzer. You got it right. Yeah, um, we're not even going to debate on this. Uh, listen, he, he coached the best team in the NBA. Best team in the NBA in the regular season, best record. It goes to him. I think everyone and anyone could agree. There's no contest there. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully he won't be getting fired the way uh, Dwayne Casey did last year. But yeah. uh, I don't think he will be. No, he was a former coach of the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, he came from Popovich's coaching tree. So this oh, yeah, guy he came from Popovich. So yeah. this guy has a lot of knowledge and it's it's paying off. Look, he brought, he brought the Bucks to the best record in the NBA. And I'm for sure they're going to do some major damage come playoffs. And you know what? With the Atlanta, when he was with the, the Hawks, no one really seemed to give him much thought. I mean... But he, but he took that team... It was that season that he took them to 60 wins when they had Paul Millsap. Who else was on that team? They had a, Kyle, when Kyle Korver made the, yeah, the All-Star game. Yeah. When their entire starting five, Damari Carroll made the, the All-Star team. Yeah. So he, he's a good coach. He proved it. And uh, once again, he he's proved it. He's got a good track year. record. Yeah. So there's no debate there. No. Um, so we'll be moving on to another very, very debatable award. Is it? And that is, is it? oh, it's. I think it is. Uh, and it and that is the rookie of the year. This also seems like it's always um, a debate. You know, last year with Ben Simmons, Donovan Mitchell. This year we have two front runners, and it really is just between these two. That is Luka Doncic and Trey Young. So right off the bat. 
What are your impressions of these two players? Look, coming into the season, uh, you know, Luka Doncic playing in in Europe was it? He played yeah. in Europe. He was a 19 year old um, playing in Europe. He he had he had crazy numbers playing in Europe, and they say that's a big boys league, it's a he, men's league. And he got the player the player of the year in yeah. the European league as a teenager. So I feel that the first half of the season, this award easily went to Doncic. You know. Uh, It was because, like, he was putting up great numbers, but it was also because Trey Young wasn't performing as well as he is now. Towards the second half of the season, Trey Young has has turned it up, mm-hmm. and I think it leaves this. He got to, more. He got yeah. more comfortable towards the end, and Doncic. It just so happened that Doncic fell in a little bit of a but, slump. But the thing is, he fell into a slump. But but it's I, the second oh, half of the season. It was like I was looking at a regular player. But I forget, like, like this kid's he's a rookie and he's yeah. putting up these numbers. He's a and he teenager, was, and he was playing like he's been playing for 10 years in the league. That's yeah. why, honestly, that's why I feel like I give it to Doncic, just because I feel like he just became so accustomed to the league. He became so he he got so used to it that like it has to go to him. A rookie, like no stress, no uh, um, like he, he it was his league. It was it became his team. Yeah, it's definitely his team. You know, uh, the torch got passed to him, and imagine, like we said, he's still a teenager. Um, to be honest, I didn't know what I was expecting from Doncic coming into this year. I'm like, okay, it's a player coming in from the European League. It's not many times that we see, you know, players. Well, it's it's, it's not many times that we see players of, of like that get draft that are projected to go high draft that come from the European League. Shout out Dirk Nowitzki. Shout out Dirk Nowitzki. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I didn't know. I didn't know what to expect from him. But um, he just he came on to the NBA scene and he just blew everyone away. Like everyone, he he looked fantastic. His step backs, just how calm he is in the game. And if 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 any of you haven't watched the game yet, like he's not the fastest guy on the court. He's not the biggest guy on the court. He's you know like he's not even that athletic. He's just like it's his- just like he's so he's so poised. He's composed. Um, he, he can he can drive to the rim. He can shoot it. Uh, I feel like he just slows the, the, the game. Just looks like it's slowed down when he's playing it, and he's playing it at his own pace. And to me, seeing someone a rookie that's able to control the game already at that like at that pace for me, it's 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 unbelievable. The fact that he can do that at that age, and I feel like we're we're witnessing you know someone who's going to be a Hall of Fame player one day. Like he is going to be one of the greats. And uh, he's someone to really keep your eye on um, in uh, in the upcoming years. Uh, that being said, Trey Young as well. I was a bit skeptical of Trey Young. I'll be honest. Coming into the season, I don't know about you, but uh, just I felt like he was getting the comparisons to Steph Curry. And then I'm like, okay, here we go. Here's just another person who's just gonna try shooting from half court. Yeah, because in college, that's what you do. You shoot from the logo. And again, I wasn't watching him in college, so I don't want to judge him. But I was seeing him on social media and. The things that would show up on social media is him pulling up from the logo 45 feet and you know so obviously i can't judge him too much of that but i did in a sense think like okay here's another guy thinking he's gonna come in and just shoot and that's gonna be enough but then you know what i think he he proved he proved me wrong and he proved a lot of people wrong too as he progressed through the season so he finished he ended up playing 81 games so only missed one Finished with 19 points, 3.7 boards, eight assists. Almost a double double. Almost a double double. You know what? The eight assists is something that really um, that really surprised me. Shows that he's not just a shooter. He was really looking to facilitate yeah. for his teammates. Um, 
Yeah, he had a 40-point game, and then he also had eight games uh, that he finished with 30 or more. Hawks finished 29 and 53, whereas Dallas finished 33 and 49. Similar. Similar. But coming into the season, like like everyone kind of expected the Mavericks and uh, the Hawks to to not be a contender for the playoffs. Yeah, no, they're they're kind of in the same boat. They're in the rebuilding stage, and honestly, like the both these players are major keys to this team's success in yeah. the future. Yeah, I feel like the trade that they did at the draft, because they trade because the Hawks and the Mavericks traded yeah. picks. Honestly, exactly. like I think it worked out for both teams. Yeah, if it's to yeah, if you know the question, if you were to I guess do a trade back, I don't think it would. I think both teams are happy yeah. with what they got. I don't think any of them can say they're they're not happy with what they got. Uh, so who's your pick? Who's your who's your rookie of the year? And uh, if you could say why. Yeah. Uh, like I said, Trey Young made a big push in the second half of the season, but I, I would still stick with Luka Doncic. Like, mm-hmm. like we said, his he just it became his team. Uh, he's so like it became Trey Young's team also. But I just feel like Doncic took over right away, and he's so poised. His basketball IQ is off the charts. Off the charts. Um, you know, like 20, 21 points as a rebound, as a rebound, as a rookie, as a rookie. and eight rebounds a game, also six assists. You got, a, you got a couple triple doubles during the season. Mm-hmm. Eight like, triple doubles eight. during the season. Eight. That's that's very impressive. Twenty four double doubles to go with it. Um, so yeah, my pick is Luka Doncic. Uh, my pick. I'm also gonna go with Doncic. Um, I'm I'm really not trying to be biased here. I really like Trey Young's game. Uh, I really do. I've watched him. You know, watched him play against the Raptors, and he was absolutely torches. Uh, he's he looks like a nightmare for for defenders as well. But I'm gonna give it to Doncic only because. Again, uh, I feel like he's he's pivotal for his team, and he's going he's going to be pivotal for his team. Um, again, you know, on, on the Hawks, they also have uh, John Collins. It's, uh, it's he's he's also a very good player. Um, Doncic on his team, you can make the case he has some solid players. He's learning from Dirk. I mean, Dirk. I'm yeah. sure. I know they're not the same position, but Dirk. I'm sure you know the the vet that he is uh, could have give him. Uh, some uh, some pointers. I'm going to give it to Doncic slightly because you know what his stats again are really impressive, and just watching him play overall, he's he looks like a wizard out there, and it's hard to for it's it's easy to forget how he's he's still a rookie and he's a teenager. He's 19. So he's 19. So our rookie of the year, yeah, Luka Doncic. So moving on to another one, defensive player of the year. All right, so the I guess the potential candidates for this one. Now, of course, uh, this player was also mentioned in the MVP uh, race, but of course, front runner is PG thirteen Paul George. Along there um, is a guy who's there almost every single season ever since he's been in the league, uh, Rudy Gobert. Um, who else could you put in there? Obviously, you can also throw in Giannis in there, but Giannis is just an absolute freak. Yeah. That build, he just anywhere near him, he'll get a steal, he'll he'll intercept a pass, he'll he'll block. But uh, we'll focus on the two front runners right now, who are Paul George and Rudy Gobert. What are your takes on these two players? Like you said about Gobert, he he's in the discussion every year. Uh, he's a blocking machine. I feel like honestly, I think he's gonna win it again. Two point three bucks a game. Um, he's averaging almost a steal a game as a center. 
he, he's just his presence on, on the court is is something else, and he's and he's a big he's a big reason why the Utah Jazz have so much success. Yes, they have Donovan Mitchell back there, but Rudy Rudy Gobert at center, like he's the centerpiece yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah, he's the centerpiece of that team. Yeah, like no disrespect to Paul George, but I just feel like. If I had to pick, like it just has, for me, it has to be Rudy Gobert. Okay, so I'm thinking, I'm I'm actually going to say that Gobert does deserve it, and I will also say Giannis would deserve it, and then you could even throw Embiid in there. Mm-hmm. Embiid could also be in this conversation. Um, I still think though that it's gonna go to Paul George, and the reason I do is that the fact that he's in the MVP conversation says enough about him. But then uh, I feel like that hype that, you know, he's he's standing out on a team that's stacked. OKC is a stacked team. They have Russell Westbrook, Mr. Triple-Double. They have Steven Adams there as well. And also Paul George uh, made back-to-back all defensive second teams. Yeah. So his, his defensive oh, he's game always doesn't been, go unnoticed. He's always been known to be like he's always, you know, top of the top of the league in steals. Uh, one thing to actually um, to note is that... Uh, uh, an opponent, the, the opponent's offensive rating is uh, 111.7. Of, and just in case uh, the audience doesn't know, uh, offensive rating is basically um, it's just, like it's basically it's all the factors going into scoring points. A team's okay. uh, ability to put up points, no matter how it's done. So um, yeah, and, uh, the opponent's offensive rating is 111.7 when he's um, when he's not on the court, and it drops all the way to 106 when he's on the court. Um, other, uh, other, uh, I guess, stats to the world. He had two six steal games. He had four five steal games, and he had nine four steal games. So, uh, stealing machine. I guess it's it's a guy who excels at stealing, getting in the passing lanes, versus a guy who excels yeah, blocking. at blocking. Um, also, if you want to go look at the uh, team uh, opponents per uh, opponent points per game, the Jazz allowed this season one hundred and six point five points per game whereas OKC allowed 111. So overall, the Jazz were the better defensive team. Again, that obviously doesn't just tie to no, one player on each it's team. It's the whole team. It's the whole team. Uh, so I guess, okay, so your pick, you're going to give it to Gobert? Yeah, look, like, because uh, you mentioned how uh, Paul George had two six-steal games. Go, look, Paul George is a machine on the steal game, and Gobert is a machine on the blocks. Like, he had one, he had one game at seven blocks, he had three games at five blocks, and he had 14 games at four blocks. 14. Like, like it's tough because they're both great defensive players, but I, like I said, for me... You say, th- I guess, the defensive side of Gobert is more pivotal to, yes, yes, exactly. to the Jazz. And when, and when Go- I'd rather have Gobert as a defensive presence on the court compared to Paul, Paul George. George. All right, but no, that's, for me, fair. that's the, fair enough. Yeah. That's fair enough. And Gobert has made his name in this league due to his defense. He that people were saying like, look, he's just he's so good at defense, but look, he needs to have a bit of offense to his game. But his defensive side, and is honestly, there. if he would, if he could incorporate like his shooting, and maybe even a few threes, like he would be in discussion for MVP. Yeah, because he be, could because if you rebounding look, machine. If you look at Jokic, the guy averages almost a triple double. So imagine if Gobert could average almost yeah. that. Plus his defensive game, he'd be MVP conversation every yeah. season. So uh, so my pick, I'm actually going to go against you, and I'm going to go with Paul George. reason I think it's going to happen, uh, I do think he deserves it. It's not to say that Gobert doesn't. I'd even give it to Giannis too as well. I'd give it to Embiid as well. I know I am saying it to all these players, but 
truly they they all are defensive uh, powerhouses. Uh, I'd give it to Paul George because again, like I mentioned, he has that. Um, he's in the conversation for the MVP, so I feel like that is just going to carry over. He's not going to win MVP, but that's going to carry over to the defensive player of the year, and then the voters are going to look at that. Um, is Just a quick note, his defensive rating was 103.4 versus Gobert. Gobert's was 102.9, so very close. And again, defensive rating, what goes into that, uh, steals, blocks, the number of times that uh, an offensive player blows by them or deflection of passes, so all things that go into that. Um, so PG-13 going with the better, he has the finishes with the better defensive rating. Um, and he also had a better plus-minus on the season. So when Paul George was on that on that court, um, you know, he wasn't just giving you offense, he was giving you some very sound defense, and he shut down so many star players this season. Uh so I'm going to give it to Paul George, Defensive Player of the Year. So we both have different picks for this one. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so moving on from that, we'll be moving on to our last um, our last award, and that is the most Second improved. last. Because you have six men. Oh, we have the yeah. six men. Yes, yeah, sorry. My, my apologies. We're going on to the second last, which yeah. is the most improved player. Now, I know we're probably going to get biased on this one. Yeah, but you know what? I have the facts to back it up. <laughs> so obviously, there's there's two front run, runners for this, and that's Pascal Siakam, and that's D'Angelo Russell. Um, not just because I'm a Toronto Raptors fan, but honestly, I feel that Siakam should win this award. Um, you know, with the with the Raptors trading away DeRozan and them getting uh, Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard at the beginning of the season wasn't. Uh, we didn't know if he was gonna play. So the Raptors had. A lot of faith in their youth, and one of those guys was Siakam. So they 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 had to know that this kid was coming up, and he had some big shoes to fill. Like yeah, the exactly. Rosen leaving, they needed another scoring option. So yeah, that's uh, that's for sure. And obviously, D'Angelo Russell. I feel like throughout his whole career, like we knew he was good. Like he he put up numbers, whether he was with the Lakers or whether he was with the Nets. It just, you know, he had injury problems and whatever. And I feel like this was his first season that all his injuries were behind him and he could have really played and got comfortable with his team. So we knew this was coming from D'Angelo Russell. We just didn't know when. But from Siakam, no one knew this was coming. Came out of nowhere, to be honest. And it's not to say that D'Angelo wasn't good with, no, like, with the Lakers because I feel like the fit just wasn't there. Yeah. Like he, he wasn't allowed to progress with the Lakers. They just, they actually stopped him from progressing. Um, and in my case, like, look, DeAngelo Russell is a, I, I think he's a superstar. Him moving to Brooklyn was probably the best move he could have done. It's his team. And, um, but if I'm going to be honest, he shouldn't even be in this conversation for most improved player. He shouldn't be because again, let's, let's go back to uh, what makes, what makes someone be most improved. It's not someone who's already good. Cause then, cause then you can. If, if you're looking at it that way, someone who's already good, which D'Angelo already proved himself, uh, 2017, he averaged 15.5 points per game with 5.2 assists. So almost 16 points per game. Averaging 16 points per game, that's not, that's not, you're not a, you're not a mediocre player. You can put 15 points up in the NBA, you're a pretty solid player. But look, you're looking at stats right now. Yes. He also took Brooklyn Nets to the playoffs. Yes. Okay. If you're looking, Fair enough. if you're looking that way, because then enough. that goes back to the Harden and the Giannis conversation. Yeah. So if you're looking at stats, he didn't improve drastically in stats, but he improved his team. And in order to improve his team to make the playoffs, he he, it, it, he took it on himself to bring that team there. 
Now, look, like I said, in my opinion, I think Siakam should win this award. But, like, I'm not going to take away the fact that D'Angelo Russell, he, he, he led the Brooklyn Nets to a playoff appearance. Yes. Okay. And in that case, I'd agree with you on there. But I'm just, I'm just of the opinion that if you're going to give it to him because he was already a good player and he already had that potential and now he's just, now he's just fulfilling it and he had a better season then you can go give this award. You can go give it to Giannis. He's having an MVP season. He's doing better than last year. You can go give it to Embiid. Why isn't Embiid the most improved player? You can go, he's having a fantastic... Yeah, he's been riddled with injuries, but hey, that's that doesn't mean he's having a better season, even though they already knew he was going to be... They already knew he was going to be um, someone good. So in my case, like I said, I don't think D'Angelo... Um, deserves uh, to be part of this most improved player list. You can go give it to even Nikola Vucevic, who's having a fantastic season, kind of also came out of nowhere. But yes, my pick is Pascal Siakam for this. Come on, 7.3 points per game in 2017. This season, he's averaging 17 points per game. He went up by full 10 points. And that's also with um, Kawhi Leonard on his team. Kawhi Leonard on his team was at a point in, uh, in and out of conversation of MVP. Um, well, he's a bit like, he likes to have the ball in his hands. Yeah. So the fact that Siakam still scored 17 points per game and got seven rebounds, uh, like he, he took the biggest step out of these two players. And again, did people come, come into this season expecting this to happen? No. From Siakam, absolutely not. I expected this from D'Angelo Russell. I didn't expect this from Siakam. So that's just, why in that, we just win. in that sense, I would give it to Siakam. Yes, biased and all, call us biased, but the stats are there, and I'm not just basing it on stats. And let's just say that he's been very important for the Raptors as well. If we're talking about importance to the teams, see, uh, we know that Leonard has missed a bunch, a bunch of games. So Siakam was there. He filled some big shoes. So our he's pick, our pick, yeah, Pascal. Siakam. Last on our awards, we have six man of the year. And honestly, I think they should just rename this award after this guy. Uh, and that's Lou Williams. The Lou Williams Award. Yeah. yeah. That sounds good. Because like coming off the bench, this guy's getting 20 points off the bench. Yeah. And, uh, and it's not just a fluke. Last season, he averaged almost 23 points off the bench. Yeah. No, it's it, we've seen it time and time again uh, from Lou. It, it really is no fluke. Um, it's like he just he thrives on coming off the bench. It's it, it it's his role, and yeah, it's like you said, name it after him. Uh, there's really no. I don't think anyone is going to argue this. He is the sixth man, um, and also to note, he's averaging 20 points, and it's not like he's playing 26 minutes per game. 26 minutes. He's not. He's not playing. You know, 30 plus. He's he played 26 minutes per game to get 20 points. Um, I. Yeah, Lou Williams is our sixth man of the year, I think. And honestly, like, I just love this, the player, because, like, imagine you're coming off a season scoring 20 points off the bench. You would bust your coach's balls, let's say, and be like, I want to be a starter. I want to be a starter. He's not like that. But he knows his role is off the bench. And like you said, he thrives off that. And and he's going to stay there for his whole career. And when his career is done, he's going to be known as the sixth man of of the NBA. And that's why I feel like maybe... It, the award name will change because if it keeps being like this, he's going to win it every season. Whether the whether the Clippers do good or bad, he's always going to produce. And yeah, and whether the Clippers do good or bad, it's also worth noting, hey, look, the Clippers made the playoffs this year. 
beginning of the season, if you would have said which LA team would have made the playoffs, I think a lot of people would have pointed straight to the to the Lakers um, out of the the two LA teams. Obviously, because you know LeBron's there, but hey, the Clippers they managed to get that uh, that eight spot, finishing forty eight and thirty four, pretty decent record. Obviously, the Western Conference is stacked. Uh, forty eight and thirty four makes it gives you the eight spot. But uh, you know what? They had a very good season, and Lou Will was a huge part, along obviously with Gallinari. They had some good players on there, but, but um, like like you said, they made the playoffs with a team that doesn't really have a superstar. Nope. Because they trade away Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris. And left. they trade away Tobias Harris. And you could have saw that move as maybe like a tanking sort of tactic. And but try it, to get Kawhi maybe in the offseason. But, you know, they, they, they continue playing well as a team. And they're like, screw this. We're going to try to make the playoffs. Yeah. And they did. That's true. A lot of people coming into the season saw the Clippers as, okay, they'll just they'll sit back and be glad to tank. Uh, but you know what? They ended up making playoffs and... You know what? Yes, they're they're going up against Golden State, uh, and honestly, they're aware of it. But you know what? This there they won't be no pushovers, and I don't think Golden State. Obviously, I think Golden State is going to win it, but I don't think they're just going to steamroll past the Clippers. The Clippers are going to they're going to put up a fight. So, getting into our our uh, round one preview, Let's get right we have it. Golden State and the Clippers. So, like we were saying, they're a team that doesn't have a superstar, but but they play so well as a team. And honestly, I feel like Golden State's going to win. But, like, I feel like the Clippers are, are going to give them a run for their money. Obviously, with Patrick Beverly back there playing defense, uh, you, we saw how well he did versus Harden throughout the season. Um, like, I, I don't want I don't want to see a sweep by Golden State because I, I, I kind of want the Clippers to win a, a couple a game. But I... They're going to put up a fight, but like at the end of the day, man, you're still going up against the Warriors. Like This game's ending in five. That's my prediction. Yeah. Warriors are taking this game in five. Clippers are going to steal one. They're going to take one at home. Uh, they're going to take, I said, they're going to take like their first game. So game three back in LA, they're going to take that one. And then the second game in LA, they're going to lose. That's going to be demoralizing. They're going to be down 3-1. And then after that, it's going back to Golden State and it's done. If so I, I think Warriors take this in five. If I had to pick... A game that Clippers would win, I think they win game one. You think they win and, game one? And they shocked the whole NBA world and the Warriors, saying, oh my God, the Warriors lost the first game. Could this be tragic for them? But no, they win the so next four. Doing what Columbus is doing to uh, Washington yeah, there you go. right now. Uh, Sorry, not Washington. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So you're taking Warriors in? I want to say four, but I. I you think, the, you I think th- Clippers are taking that first game? I think they're gonna take a game. I want to say I want to say five, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's four. Like I would I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Warriors sweep them. All right, so uh, Warriors are pick, yeah. But it, you think Clippers win one game? You said yeah. And who would be that that pivotal player from the Clippers that would that would make that happen? Lou Will, the sixth man. The sixth man is gonna is gonna take over a game. He's gonna get into that into that zone yeah. where he's just shooting lights out. Um, Obviously, they have uh, Danilo Gallinari there as well, who's, um, who's who's been really good for them too, um, along with Montrezl Harrell, who's really stepped Patrick into Beverly. his own game. Patrick Beverly was just a pit bull. Uh, but yeah, I think the sixth man takes over one game and, and wins them a game, gives the, the Clippers fans you know something to cheer about. But in the end, this is the Warriors. This is the super team. Uh, it's going to be over in, in five. Yeah. So sticking with the West, we have Rockets and Utah Jazz. This is a nice series. Yeah. I really, really like this series. 
Um, it's going to be it's tight. Five versus four. Not only because it's five versus four. It's, just, it's two really solid teams. Jazz have had a really good season. Um, wow. Uh, I, I, okay. I, I The obvious choice would be Rockets winning the series. Yeah. Um, I think they win it in... In five. You think this is... Oh, wow. Yeah, but I think every game is going to come down to like the last two minutes. So, so every game will be will be close, but I, I still think the Rockets have have that extra that that extra boost yeah. to, to win them their games at the end of the at the end of the game. Yeah. And coming from James Harden, coming from Clint Capella, coming from uh, Chris, Paul. Chris Paul, Aaron Gordon, um, Aaron Gordon, Aaron Gordon, yeah, Aaron Gordon, <laughs> Aaron Gordon. Like those guys are going to be key coming uh, coming towards the end of the game. Yeah, especially them shooting mm-hmm. lights out from three. Mm. Yeah, it's a team that shoots a lot of threes. You know, my heart wants to say I really I, I want to see the Jazz win this. I would love to see the Rockets out in the first. But I just think the Rockets are still feeling um they still have that those memories of of uh, last year's playoffs where they took the where they took the the Golden State Warriors to seven and you know Chris Paul yeah, had Chris that Paul injury and you know they said they were left asking, you know, what if? Uh, so I feel like that's still in the back of their mind. And hey, look, if they win, we know who they meet up. They meet up the Warriors. Yeah, right away. Right away. So, um, uh, so like I said, I want to see the Jazz win this, but I think the Rockets are going to take it. I say the Rockets take this in six. I think the Jazz win both their games at home. Okay. Um, but then after that, um, Jazz, Jazz have a good team, but I feel like it's their inexperience that's going to let them down. Donovan Mitchell has been having an absolute... People saying he was going to go through the sophomore slump really hasn't. He's he's been absolutely tearing it up. Um, I think you know there's you know there's there's, there's Rubio, there's Donovan Mitchell, there's Joe Ingles, there's Rudy Gobert, Derek Favors. It's not an inexperienced team like in terms of age, but in the playoffs, I feel like there's not much experience there. And I think the Rockets are taking this in six. Um, that's uh, that's my pick. Rockets in six. Quick note: uh, Are you surprised that the Rockets finished fourth? <laughs> uh, surprised? I'm surprised uh, the Trailblazers finished on top of it. Trailblazers actually had a really fantastic season. Like very quietly had a, a nice Nuggets season. finished in second. I- I'm surprised the Rockets finished fourth, but they I mean, closed off the season strong, and our playoffs is a different game. And like the season. Western, the Western, yeah, it's tough. Western Conference is. It's really tough. Uh, you really need to. You, you being over five hundred isn't enough. You need to be well over five hundred to to really make it to the playoffs. And uh, yeah, it. I don't think it's surprising. I think it was pretty tight. And uh, yeah. So moving on, uh, next um, next matchup, the Trailblazers versus the Thunder, which is also a very, very good nice matchup. Game. Yeah, very nice series. Uh, I this honestly, this could go either way. Because I feel that it, the, the Thunder could either gel as a team and say, like, we want to go far in the playoffs and work together. And I don't want to say easily beat the Trailblazers, but they could win this in five if they, if they all play their role. But if there's games that Westbrook goes off shooting 40 times a game, 45 times a game. Tries to take it all into his own They're going to lose. And it's going to be a, a chaos in OKC because you're going to have Paul George getting nervous. And you're gonna have, and you're gonna have uh, Westbrook, like I said, shooting forty times a game, and it's, that's not gonna help his team. So if the Thunder lose, it's because they do it to themselves yes, more exactly. than if the Trailblazers exactly. were to win. So who's your pick then? 
like I said, it's tough because you know you have uh, you have uh, Lillard and you have McCollum. I can't wait to see Lillard versus Westbrook. Yeah, kind of put that out there. They've had some pretty, well, some very solid matchups. Uh, they like to chirp at each other, so that's going to be a very good point guard matchup. Something to look out for. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this goes to seven games. I think so too. I think this is going to seven. Because, like I said, man, if if Westbrook is, starts being selfish, it's it's gonna like this is not going to go to seven games. Trailblazers are going to win before that if he starts being selfish. But if he doesn't, if they if both teams play the way they should, it's going to go to seven games. And honestly, like it could go either way, but. I think OKC at the end takes it. Takes it and says Yeah. It. You still have Paul Jordan and Russ. Yeah. So, I, honestly, I agree with you. I think the Thunder are taking this in seven. Uh, Troublers are going to put up a fight. Uh, it pains me to say because, like, I want to see, you know, Lillard and McCollum do well, but it's just there's something missing out there. Uh, you know, Lillard keeps saying he's going to stay with Portland no matter what. He wants to lead them to a championship one day. But I still think there's something missing there. Uh, the depth is probably what's going to get Trailblazers in the end. Thunder have the better depth, the better star power as well. And like the, their backup point guard for OKC is Dennis Schroeder. Like, who's, who's a starting caliber point yeah. guard. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to give this to the Thunder in seven. Uh, we both agree on that. Uh, and last one in the Western Conference. Also a really nice matchup. The number, uh, the t- number two overall Nuggets going up against the seventh place. Spurs. Um, again. I'm spelling upset right now. I think Spurs are taking this. Yeah. I think they're freaking wiping it clean with the Nuggets. They're, ta- they're taking them out. I, am, uh, I think this goes out in five. Spurs take out the Nuggets in five. Wow, that's a hot, hot, a second hot place. take. Yeah, I think this is just a – it's one of the cases of does well in the season, but then come playoffs, Spurs have that experience. It's Pop. We know Coach Pop. Uh, is, you know, like well, what his track record is it speaks for itself. And they have a very solid team, Demar, and Demar uh, wants Demar, to win. Lamarcus Aldridge was fantastic. They've got some good players, Bellinelli. Um, uh, who else is on that team? Who else Rudy Gay. Rudy Gay, proven scorer. Um, you know they have the guy Bryn Forbes, uh, Derek White. Uh, so I think they, they the Spurs uh, have, I guess, if you want to call it an upset, because it is you know seven versus two. I think the Spurs take this in, in five. Um. That's tough. This is gonna be a great matchup. Uh, I feel. I just feel like Denver's team overall, man. They're they're so good. There's like so much. Like like I feel like Jokic, Jokic could just take over games. And obviously with Jamal Murray back there, like it'll be tough for the Spurs to win in five. But like again, like this series could go or this matchup could go either way. We need a pick. We need a pick right now. I think Denver, well, got, I, I think Denver takes it in six. Denver. I feel bad because the DeMar DeRozan's still my boy. I would love to see the Spurs win. It's who you think is winning this match. I I think overall Denver has uh, has what it takes to advance. All right. I like honestly I like the Nuggets team. Like like you said, Jamal Murray, yeah, you know, Paul Millsap, you know, Gary Harris, Will Barton. You have Isaiah Thomas there. Yeah, Malik Beasley and uh, Monte so Morris. Do you want to change your? Uh, you want to change your uh, no, your no, prediction? No, 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 absolutely not. I'm not changing my prediction. I think that there's so many players. But another thing that would that was that I would question about the Nuggets is what are they doing with all these players? There's just so much talent and not enough minutes to go around. But again, we're talking playoffs here. Obviously, the benches get shortened. But again, I'm sticking with my pick: Spurs in five. I think their experience wipes out the Nuggets. All right. Now, heading on to the Eastern Conference, we're going to start right away with the Bucks 
and the Pistons. Um, honestly, I know the Pistons have Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin, but I still don't think that's enough to win a game against Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee sweeps them 4-0. You think this is a 4-0 yeah. sweep? Wow. That's uh, okay. I'm not going to say it's a hot take because it is one versus eight. Um, am I seeing a sweep in this? Yes, I'm picking Bucks. Uh, that's for sure. The Pistons are a sneaky good team. But I feel like if the Pistons were going up against any other team, let's say, I feel like... Like the Raptors? They've yes. Been, they've been Raptor killers Because especially at, season at, long. At, at the center position or, or the rebounding role, the Pistons have it. Yeah. But like you're going up against Yanis for a rebound. Like, you're going up against a determined Yanis. Yeah. Really so I feel like there. if Drummond or Griffin goes up for a rebound versus Yanis, I feel like Yanis is going to come down with the ball. So yeah. that, that's and why I feel like like in this game, I feel like Giannis is going to take over the series. So, uh, you know what? I'm not going to take a sweep in this. I think, uh, you know, Blake and Drummond will do enough to get, um, you know what? I think they'll do enough to get two games. Somehow, some way, I feel that... Dwayne Casey? You know, Dwayne, yeah, as much as it pains me to see Dwayne Casey, Dwayne Casey will not be coming out of the first round of this. Um, but... Uh, I think uh, the Pistons managed to grab two games, but the Bucks end this in six. Um, yeah, uh, like the Bucks look best best team in the in the regular season. Uh, great coach, and <clears throat> like I said, uh, you know they have the Pistons have Drummond and Blake, but the Bucks just have too many players at all different positions that stack up, and they'll be able to overpower the Pistons eventually. Taking this in six, the Bucks is my pick. Moving on to um, a somewhat of a good uh, good matchup, Celtics versus Pacers. This would have been a lot better if, I guess, two things. If the Celtics would have amounted to be the team that they should have been because they've really had a shaky season. And, of course, if the Pacers had Victor Oladipo, Oladipo sucks to see that he's not there. Love watching him play. It would have been really good to see him there. But still, the Pacers managed to finish in fifth. Uh, so, you know what? It might be a good series. Honestly, I feel that... The Celtics throughout the whole season they were they were just cruising throughout the season, meaning that they didn't want to do too much to try to get sixty wins. You know they were they were they were playing they were playing good enough basketball to, to make it mid table. Oh, so you're saying that they, you thought they did that like that's purposely on, the way on they were purpose because so, they looked like they were arguing with each other. Yes, they they were, but at the same time, like like that team is still made up of Kyrie Irving. Jason Tatum, oh, Jalen Brown, yeah. Al Horford, like like you, you have a, yeah, and you're coming up you're coming up against a, a wounded Pacers team without Oladipo. I know when Oladipo first went down, we all said that the Pacers weren't going to make the playoffs, and, and, and they did. But like I say all the time, is the playoffs are a different it's a different game, it's a different series, and and I just think that without Oladipo there, I don't think Pacers have what it take to beat the Celtics. I think Celtics take this in five. Take it in five? Yeah. I think uh, the Celtics' troubles follows them into the playoffs. Are you but but they, they'll still manage to scrape by just based off their star power. Like I said, if if but I'm going to go right now and say if Old Depot is on this, I'm taking Pacers 100%. 100%. But them not having Old Depot there, it's a, it's a big loss. There's still some good players on there. Thaddeus Young, Bogdanovich. You know, Corey Joseph is there, Miles Turner. Um, uh, Sabonis. Sabonis was had a great season. 
but you know what? I think this is actually a closer series than people might think. I'm taking Celtics in seven. Oh, you're taking them in seven? Going I'm seven taking this games. is all going, going all the way to seven. Uh, like I said, Celtics problems still follow them. But in the end, what gets them over is they still have that star power and they have Mr. Kyrie Irving, who if it's in a close Clutch. game, if it's in a close game, uh, he's he's the man that you want uh, the ball to be in his hands. I'm taking Celtics in seven. Next up from the Eastern Conference, we have Philadelphia and we have Brooklyn. I like this matchup. I like this matchup too. Uh, I, Philly, they... They, they they scare me as a team. They scare not me too. They scare me in the sense that, I, like, it it won't happen. But if they were to get swept, like, like I, I wouldn't be surprised because there's just so much uh, superstar talent. I would say between Embiid, there's a lot of hotheads on that team between Embiid, Butler, um, Simmons, Simmons. Tobias Harris isn't a hothead, no, but, but he's like he wants to score. Yeah, like, of course. Yeah. So the, I think the problem with this team come. Uh, Come playoffs is uh, everyone's gonna want the ball in their hand, and I feel like that's gonna that's gonna kill them as a team. But look, you're coming up against Brooklyn. I'm like I'm not shitting on them or putting them down. I I feel like Philly comes out of the series, but I, I think it's gonna go to either six or seven games. So I'm I'm with you on that in terms of this is gonna be a, also a closer series than people than people think. Uh, I wouldn't count out the Nets. And it's so much to say that I'm calling upset. I'm thinking the Nets take out the 76ers in the first round. Wow. Yeah. That's big. Yeah. I'm taking the Nets on this. After all those moves. Yeah. No, I'm 100% taking the Nets. Uh, honestly, they've had a very impressive, very impressive season. D'Angelo Russell, they have the three-point contest winner in uh, Joe Harris. They have, you know, Dinwiddie, uh, Karis LeVert, who came back from that scary Allen. injury. Jared Allen, who was uh, progressing. Uh, you know what? And I think the 76ers, like you said, there's a lot of star power on there. But there's still so much uncertainty in terms of, you know, um, what's like, like, yeah, they're, they're, that's another team that it's their own players that are going to get in their own way. And the Nets right now, you, you watch them play. They're having fun. Yeah. They're, they're not having problems within within their team. So um, I'm going to take the Nets in seven. I'm thinking this is also going to seven. And the Nets are going to figure out a way to win this game. Like if there's, if uh, Philly's down one with 10 seconds left on the clock, who's taking that shot? I think you give it to Jimmy Butler. You can also give it to Tobias. Obviously, I'm not giving it to Simmons because he can't. He has no jump JJ shot. JJ Redick. JJ Redick. Well, yeah, of course, JJ Redick too. But I think the ball is in Butler's hands in terms of and, trying and to see. That's where I feel that stuff's gonna gonna get heated because, like, the playoffs. Like, you want to win. Like, like Embiid wants wants to wants to beat a guy. Like, I feel like if they're down one, let's say game four, it's a it's a three one series. For Brooklyn, and it's the that would be game five. Uh, game five, yeah. yeah. I, like, I feel like Embiid would want to take it upon himself to take that last shot, and I feel like it's it just gonna be so much heat between the players going around that uh, Brooklyn could win. But at the end of the day, I still feel that you're gonna, still I, I, yeah, yeah. You're gonna figure it out. It's gonna go deep into the series, like I said, six or seven games. But I still feel like Philly come out of this. Mark my words, Nets are winning this game. All right, <laughs> the series next and final. The Raptors against the Magic. Do I start us off? Go for so it. So we're big Toronto Raptors fans, as you know. Everyone knows that. So I'm not being biased, but I think they sweep Orlando. I'm happy with the opponent. Yeah. I'm happy we avoided the Pistons, like I said before. And I'm happy we avoided the Nets yeah, in the first uh, round. Uh, so yeah, exactly. But you know what? If the Nets do end up... Uh, yeah, but that's they, okay. We'll meet them later. But yeah, um, 
you know what? I'm so excited to see Kawhi and the playoffs. Kawhi in the playoffs is a whole different beast. And you, a lot of you, if if you haven't been paying attention to the Raptors this season, um, Kawhi has been getting rested a lot of games. And when asked about that, he said, "This is all just uh, practice. The real games begin in April." Tomorrow. Just, just hearing that, just just hearing that pumped me up. Just because. I know what this guy's capable of. He's a Finals MVP. He's a Finals winner. He's a he has a ring. Um, and you know what? I think uh, Kawhi is just gonna he's gonna take over. You know, Pascal, the most improved player, is going to also do his part. Lowry's gonna be the pit bull back there, um, being you know that veteran voice. The mob, and, uh, the bench, the bench is gonna have a huge part come as it always th- has. This playoff series, not in the series, but throughout. The whole playoffs, yeah. Uh, with Van Vliet coming off the bench, with um, Paul's finding yeah. his form, with Jeremy Lin, you know, you, you you could you have in that center role, you're picking between Marcus Saul and Ibaka, Serge Ibaka, which is so, which a lot of he's a having lot of a teams can have that, you know, having Serge or Gasol come off the bench. That's that's a that's a big privilege for them. Um, also worth uh, worth noting the Magic, um, um, they all their players combined have less playoff uh, appearances than Kawhi, uh, sorry, Kawhi, Ibaka, and Gasol. So just those three players have more team. playoff appearances than the entire Magic roster. Magic, uh, look, they had a good season. They made the playoffs. Um, you know, they had players like Vucevic, who had a fantastic season, Aaron Gordon there as well. Um, but you know what? I don't think that this is going to be a huge competitive, um, competitive series. Do the Magic take one game? Maybe, but I'm taking Raptors in five. I think they don't have much trouble with this. Like, I think if the Magic take one game, like the Raptors are already gonna be up three nothing the series, and they and they take the the three one. Yeah. So it, it it's not gonna be like I'd be very surprised if the Magic win one one of the first two games. Very surprised. I feel like they win one game at home. Maybe the last maybe the last again one. the Raptors will do that to themselves. If they would lose their one of their first games, which they have been known oh, to yeah, start yeah. off playoffs. Slowly, Play, uh, Raptors and playoffs have always uh, um, hasn't been. They haven't shown the best uh, record in playoffs. Um, but you know what? I think they're ready this year. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's our uh, playoff, our round one playoff prediction, guys. Uh, can't wait. Playoffs start tomorrow. Um, guys, yeah. we're, we're gonna be back with uh, round two in a couple weeks. Um, and yeah, that's it. Until then, guys. Enjoy. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Um, we're, we're trying to get on Apple Podcasts. I get it. it's tougher than uh, than we thought it was going to be, but it's 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 getting there. It's we're going to be there, on guys. there. So, and, guys, uh, thanks for the support again, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye, guys. Ciao.